0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. And I want to enter a new series, and maybe it's a a phrase that you've heard about, FOMO. How how many are familiar with that phrase, FOMO? Fear of missing out. Have you ever missed out on something in your life? Three of us. How about the rest of us? Nobody else here has. Oh, it's missed out on something in your life. Okay, I have too, you know? And when you miss out on it and you're like, no, look how many if you could go back twenty years and invest in Apple or Google, you would. Right? Right? How many are like, man, I, I would go back and I, I would do this, or we have these things that we think about of this fear of missing out. And one of the things that I want to talk about, and we're going to go a little deeper this morning than we usually do, and that's because I have this fear of missing out on what God is doing. I literally do, and I don't know if you have that fear, but that's that's probably one of my biggest fears, is God, wherever you're working, whatever you're doing, I want to be part of it. I want to be in it. You know, right now, that's with Arizona. That's why they're going there. That's why our youth ministry is going there. A few years ago, and uh, for those of you that grew up in church, this story is going to scare the crud out of you. (laughs) All right, so I'm just warning you now. A few years ago, a pastor friend of mine, he shared with me a story of what happened, and he was a pastor. He took a new job down in Texas, really close to the border, of Mexico, and they decided to do this incredible Good Friday drama, they had never done one before, so it was right before Easter, Good Friday, and they're putting in effort, and this is a big church, and they're taking care of everything, and what they do with their Good Friday drama is they do it outside, that's a big part of it, they have this amphitheater set up, and, and they get all the youth trained, they get the costumes, people on board, and they get out ready to do this incredible, extravagant Good Friday drama. Well, they get this ready, and that Friday, the forecast says it's going to rain, it's going to thunderstorm, you can't meet outside, and they, they were not allowed to use the building. I don't remember why. And, and so everybody's like, we've got to pray, we've got to pray that the weather stays. And, and can I just say this? Be really careful when we pray our preference rather than God's principle. Because they start praying. They're like, Lord, we're just asking for it to stop raining and stop the weather and make sure it's great weather for Friday night. We need it to be crystal clear because we got to do this good Friday drama. And, and all the elders and people and the leaders in the church are praying this over. This new youth pastor, only been there a couple weeks. And it gets to him and he's like, I don't feel like that's what I'm supposed to pray. And so he, he doesn't pray, but he didn't say anything because he doesn't want people to know he's not in agreement that the weather would shift and change. He feels like it's supposed to rain and he doesn't know why. Thursday comes and the next day looks like... Looks like rain. You know, Eeyore. And uh, it looks like rain. And so he goes, it looks like rain. And so all the leaders are like, okay, I guess we're just not going to be able to do the Good Friday drama. And he says, no, we're doing it. And they're like, well, how? There's no place to do it. He's like, God's going to provide a way. And they're all like, dude, you're crazy. You've been here two weeks. You don't understand how God operates, okay? Like, we have our plan, and God needs to fit into that plan. That's how it works, right? And uh, before we judge, we've all done that. And so so. He He gets ready and he says no we're going to meet tomorrow night at five o'clock and we're going to go perform our good friday drama he says god's going to provide a way i'm just believing it and so he's got this huge drama team ready to come tomorrow and literally it was less than like a minivan full of kids show up because everybody else is going it's raining i don't know what you're thinking we don't even know you trust you that well and they start driving towards the border from Texas to the border and on the way to the border they stop and they see a restaurant they stop at the restaurant and say hey we're just wondering if we can perform our Good Friday drama for you we can't we're going to do it outside it's pouring rain out and they're like not a chance and he's getting really discouraged goes to the next place and it goes to the next place and, and every single person is saying no you can't meet well eventually they get into a very 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 worldly district almost like a red light district part of this area and the last place on the right hand hand side was a gay bar. And he drives up to it, and he's sitting here, and he's got this crazy decision to make. He pulls into the parking lot, and he, and he knows. He knows what God's telling him to do. Like, I'm supposed to go in and see if my teenagers, by the way, of parents in this church I just got hired at, are comfortable going into this bar and doing this Good Friday drama. He says, God, it's, it's in your control. I don't even care if I lose my job. I want to obey you first. So he goes in, and it's Good Friday. They walk in. And you could have heard a pin drop totally just dead silent in the place like you are the wrong crowd in the wrong place at the wrong time. But really they were the right crowd in the right place at the right time. And here's what took place. They get there and and I'm going to let you use your imagination in this bar. There's actually a stage. And, yeah, some of you will get there. If you don't, I'm good. And and they say, uh, hey, I, I would love to do our Good Friday drama. We're just talking about Jesus. He was really up front. And we got this part. And, and we just would love to do it. And we can't find anywhere else to do it at. You're the last place. And he goes, sure, go ahead. He's like, okay. So it's all the kids. They get set up. You know, the kids that he has left. And like, we just have to portray the death of Jesus. That's really what we're portraying today. And so they get up on the stage smaller than this. And here they are in this bar doing this play. And he said, at first, nobody, it doesn't even seem like they're paying attention or at all. And they get to the end of their drama presentation. And every eye was staring at them, tears in their eyes at each table. And the general manager came up to him thinking like he was in serious trouble. And he goes, would you guys actually stay and tell us more? Like, would you just stay and hang with us? And he goes, "There's actually more to the story." The pastor said to the general manager, "He says, would you actually come back Sunday?" And or he says, "Can we come back Sunday?" And he says, "Yeah, come back Sunday." They make this agreement. They come back Sunday, Easter Sunday, and even share more of the story. I tell you what, that's revival. Come on, somebody, is that that is it. Okay. Well, no, Pastor Chris, revival has to start in the church, and we all got to look a certain way and act a certain way. No! Revival starts in the hearts of us as Christians, but not within these four walls, outside of it. And look at what he did. Look at what God did. They actually still have relationship with that bar. Guess where they do their Good Friday drama now every year? Come on, somebody. Is that not God at work? I don't want to miss that. Well, that doesn't line up with how my preferences are. That doesn't line up with everything I look at. Get over yourself. Because God wants to move, and I don't want to miss it. And here's the deal. We sing about Holy Spirit coming, Holy Spirit moving, all that, which is all great. Can I just tell you, He already is. He's just, we're we're waiting on a move of God, and God's going, I'm waiting on a move of man. He's going, come on, when are you ready to go? And I'll tell you what, I'm ready to go because I want God to do in my heart, and in your heart, whatever it is that He wants to do. Are you awake this morning? Come on somebody we're getting southern Baptist this morning <laughs> You know, we're an Assembly of God church, some of you know that, some of you don't, some of you like that, some of you don't, we don't really care, because here's why, it's not about our denomination, it's about our affiliation with Jesus Christ who represents the very foundation of our church. Now that whole movement was started out of a revival, in fact, you have that picture up here? This is really cool, this was Azusa Street, uh, this was an old dilapidated building, it was a preacher back in the early, early 1900s, and they prayed for a move of the the Holy Spirit, and it broke out within the church, but in the streets, and they saw God move in a very powerful way. In fact, there's these revivals throughout history that have happened, and guess where they don't happen? In these four walls. There's renewal that happens in our heart, there's a time where we draw closer to God, but then there's a move that happens, and I tell you what, God has utilized our church in the last ten and a half years in a powerful way. It's not about any of us here, but within our community to see people come to Christ. In fact, the superintendent who's a good friend of mine he came to Christ a few years ago we sat and he, and he said hey I want to I tell you where I'm at with my faith and I tell you what that doesn't just happen that happens because the Holy Spirit is moving in and through us amen come on can we give Scott some praise for that come on so I want to talk about probably one of the most famous historical revivals in all of the Bible, and some of us have even painted this scene in our nurseries for our children. Don't do this for Kirby or Parker, by the way, okay? But they paint the story of Jonah on the wall, you know? And, and that's just like, okay, people were going to die, he got swallowed by a fish, big storm, like, sweet dreams, honey. <laughs> and so with this story, there's a couple key things that take place. And if you're not familiar with the story of Jonah, it's four chapters. It's a real short book in the Old Testament. But the story of Jonah is so much more than a children's novelty book. There's an incredible power historically and through true revival of what it looks like. If you're not familiar, here's the general just recap very briefly. you got Jonah. He goes to Nineveh, or he's supposed to go to Nineveh. God calls him. He says, I'm not going. I don't want to. He flees from God, gets on this ship, and he says to the guys, you got to throw me overboard or you're going to die because the storm comes up. Gets thrown overboard. The ship is fine the people are more scared after the storm than before gets into the belly of this uh, fish some people call it a whale and he's in this fish for 3 days and then he's spit out you can just imagine being spit out with like fish you know bile on your body and he walks up to Nineveh like that smelling and stinky and the entire town which you could compare it to serial killers turns their life back around and this incredible revival happens and then Jonah gets mad cuz he's like god why would you have mercy on ser- Real killers like those in Nineveh. Why would you do that? Now let's just recap here a little bit. Jonah fleed from God. Can I just say it's never a good idea? It's <laughs> just not. Here he is. He's in the belly of the fish. And what do you think he did while well, he was in there? Chapter two, the whole ch- chapter is him praying. If I'm swallowed by a big fish, my relationship with Jesus just took a whole new height. God help me now get me out of this fish didn't think it would look like me being vomited on shore but I'll take it alright Jonah draws close to God we see in chapter 3 and then he falls away how many of us have ever done that God and Jonah were actually very close they had this incredible relationship and Jonah knew that God was speaking to him See, the definition of revival is this. It's an awakening through a church or community in the regard to the matters relating to personal Christianity. It's when we lay down our lives and we see God do that. In fact, every revival throughout history has had three things. So if you want to go, what's the recipe for us to have a revival and to see this happen? Let me just say this, though. If we do these three things, don't expect it to happen because we can't make it happen, only God can So we don't do these things as if if we determine revival happening. We don't. Now we can set the stage for God to move, right? God's eye was moving. We can set the stage for it or we can ignore his movement. And I don't want to have FOMO. Three things. Turning of hearts. Not of unbelievers at first. Of believers. Turning of hearts of believers. Okay? Then there's prayer. We see that in Jonah. And the third part is fasting where it's a, lane, a literally laying down of the things I want, things I desire. When these three things take place, revival takes place. If God wants can't make him do it he can do it on his timing but we can set that stage the book of James chapter 4 verse 8 it says come near to God and he will come near to you so if we continue to draw near to him there's a promise that he will draw near to us when he draws near to us as Christians when we turn our hearts back to him guess who that attracts everybody around us they want what we have they want that Revival isn't us trying to get into God's presence. Okay? That's not it. Ready? It's not us getting into God's presence. Revival is allowing God's presence to really get into us. There's a difference. Okay? Alright? So it's really getting back to what really matters to God. This revival broke out in the city of Nineveh. They all turned their hearts back. Jonah went and he shared the good news. For us, that good news today is that Jesus came, gave his life, resurrected, and anyone who believes he receives eternal life. That's the good news we believe. That's what I give my life for every single day. Jonah chapter 3, verse 10. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, listen to what God did. Chapter 3, Jonah. He relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. That's revival. Because God is a just God and He's a loving God. (laughs) See, their sin in Nineveh deserved death and destruction, but there was grace involved, and God saved the city. Are you with me? Yes. Okay, everybody else, say with me. Here we go. Are you good? Yes. All right. So every year, ready for this? Told you we're going a little deep today. Every year in the Jewish synagogues during Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, this is the holiest and most holy days for the Jews. Do you know what they do? The book of Jonah is read aloud every single year, and the congregation responds at the end of the book of Jonah with a confession and here's the confession that they say during Yom Kippur we are Jonah they say it over and over we are Jonah they recite it religiously why would they say that why why would they say we are Jonah well because we've all been Jonah Every single one of us in here has been Jonah to some point. Some of you are more Jonah right now than you have been in a long time because you're running from God. You can't outrun him, bro. Keep on trying. He's just going to chase after you a little harder. We're Jonah. We're literally being picked up by our shipmates. One guy's holding on to our arms, another our legs, about to toss us over that boat for us to die for our sins. And we're trying to outrun God because of our arrogance. And then something really cool happens. We realize our need for rescue, and God sends somebody to rescue us. Jonah chapter two, verse three says, "You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. all your waves and breakers swept over me until we believe in Christ, and we live that out that 's how we 're going to feel. We can pretend, oh man i 'm a good pretender." But that's how we feel. And there's this loving, gracious God that says, I got you. Even in the midst of feeling like you're drowning, there's a powerful son of mine, Jesus, have you met, that I sent for you to have that freedom and to rescue you. Because you can't rescue yourself. During Yom Kippur, they say, we are Jonah. And then at the end of that, they tack on what kind of seems like a different scripture. But it's out of the Old Testament. They do something very interesting. Maybe it seems like a random passage. But Micah chapter 7, verse 19, they say, You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities or sin into the depths of the sea. It's talking about our sins are now into the depths. We've been rescued. There's an incredible parallel going. I know I'm going deep. If you're with me, say yeah. 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 All right, that's like 90% of us. Awesome. All right. Okay. For those 10% that are on that Holy Spirit mental vacation. Stay there, enjoy it. God's speaking to you. It's all good, all right? Jonah chapter, uh, we'll get there in just a moment. But Jonah and Jesus, there's two very similar stories take place. Jonah, we just talked about. But then Jesus, do you remember anything with him in a storm in the New Testament? Here he is with the disciples, and they're out in the boat together. The waves come up, and the disciples are freaking out. They're like, we're all going to drown. We're going to die. And what's Jesus doing? How many feel like you've had those prayers in the storm and you feel like, Jesus, are you sleeping in my prayer? You've all been there. You've been there. Both Jesus and Jonah were in a boat. Both boats were overtaken by a storm. Go ahead and read sometime both descriptions in the New Testament and the Old Testament of the storm with Jesus and the storm with Jonah. The descriptions are identical they want to see that Jesus is really the true Jonah and we'll show you that in just a moment though Jesus and Jonah were asleep in both stories the sailors woke up the sleeper and said we're gonna die and in both cases there was this miraculous divine intervention and the sea was calmed but here's what's crazy you realize when the sea was calmed the sailors became more terrified after the calm sea than they were before why? FOMO they saw the power of God at hand They saw it. They saw something bigger than them, bigger than the ocean, have power over their lives. Two almost identical stories except one huge difference that I want you to see this morning. One huge, huge difference. Jonah chapter 1 verse 12. Pick me up and throw me into the sea, Jonah replied. And it will become what? It will become calm knows that it's what my fault that this great storm has come upon you it's my fault and what they do and they threw him into the sea threw him into the sea there's a difference though between his story and Jesus story and here's the difference listen Matthew chapter 12 verse 41 Jesus says this he says and now one greater than Jonah is here whoa why does he say that Literally saying he's the true Jonah, if you will. Okay? The story of Jonah and the fish is a great symbolic story of the resurrection and death of Jesus Christ. Here's Jesus saying he is greater than Jonah. He's referring to himself saying he's the true Jonah and that he's willingly thrown into the sea in our place. He's willing to take that. So, what does that have to do with revival? What does all that have to do with it? to do with the fact that there was heart change in the disciples there was heart change with the sailors with Jonah and there was an incredible community heart change that took place in the place of Nineveh when it starts in our hearts it spreads it's attractive it's true Christianity at it's very best Jonah chapter 4 verse 2 First part, last part of it says, I knew, this is Jonah talking, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. See, Jonah goes to Nineveh and he gets mad at God later because God had compassion on them. And, And it's compassion that you and I, we don't always have. We want justice. If somebody does my kid wrong, I want justice. And so Jonah got mad that grace and justice and this abounding love came to these people that were basically like serial killers. Revival starts with us realizing our evil and we turn to God. See, God is a gracious God who saves us when we realize we're no better than anybody else. Amen? Right? This should be good news. Because you don't have to be good enough. You don't have to have it figured out. Jonah disobeyed God anybody here never disobeyed God <laughs> just Pastor Derek nobody else alright in the, in the book Jonah here's a real cool thing for you the word evil in the book of Jonah is used the exact same amount of times towards Nineveh and towards Jonah why why we've all fallen short every single one of us you see your worst days are never so bad that you're beyond the reach of god's grace and your best days are never so good that you're beyond the need of god's grace you see eternal life is only for sinners no good people no perfect people allowed it's only for sinners the only way you get to heaven is that realization there's no other way that's it so how do we allow revival to start how do we see that Church, I believe we've already seen that bits and pieces within our community. But I tell you what, my heart has been since the beginning of the start of this church to see St. Francis especially come to Christ. You know, my prayer is that every single person in our town would come to that faith. Now, is that pie in the sky? Probably. I can't do it, but he can do it. And what if they see us change our hearts? What if they see us respond differently? What if they see Jesus in us? Well, we can't start it. God can. God can. And it's not when bad people start flooding into church, if you will. It's when good people turn to God in repentance. And we turn our ways. Okay? Where did revival happen in the book of Jonah? Just a little hint, it wasn't just in Nineveh. Where was it? Jonah's heart. That revival started in his heart. It's got to start with us first. You know, if all those that are asleep would wake up if all those that are lukewarm would fire up if all those that are dishonest would confess if all the disgruntled would cheer up if all the depressed would lift up if all the estranged would make up if all the gossipers would shut up if all the soldiers would stand up and if all the church members would pray up we would see an unstoppable revival Amen Starts here Let's pray Lord You know us You know our hearts Lord, and every single one of us has been that Jonah. We've turned away from you or we've ran. This morning, we want to run the right way. I want to run back to you. Father, I pray for anyone here this morning. Just just, I want to do this this morning. I don't know everybody here, and we have a few guests visiting with us. out of respect for you. We're not going to embarrass you, but would you just do this with me? Would you just close your eyes wherever you're at? Here's what I want to do. If you know you've been running like Jonah for a while, and today's the day to... Make it right with Him. There's no pressure here. But if you say, I I want that. I, I want that. I need that in my life today. Just every eye closed, I just want to pray with you. I've been in that spot before too. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now so I can just pray with you. Just wherever you're at in this place. Go ahead. Just raise it up so I can see it. About eight of us in here. Let me put your hands down. Let's pray. Just stay in a moment of prayer. Let's just pray. God, you know my heart, Lord. You know those times I have fallen away, or I've ran away, Lord, or or maybe I'm struggling with my faith in you. I pray right now, Father, that you would meet every person where they need to be met here this morning. For those that boldly just took a step and say, "I want to run into your arms." Jesus, we believe that you are the Son of God and you came to give us life and life to the fullest. And when we confess with our mouth that you're Lord, we receive eternal life. Allow our lives to, forgive, for, to, to live that out. Will we forgive those around us? Will we forgive ourselves? And God, will we ask for your forgiveness? Help us live a life declaring who you are, not even by the words we say, but by the way we live, through love and compassion God, give us your grace to see our value and to see ourselves through your eyes and no one else's. This morning, we commit as a church and individually to you. Lord, have your way in our hearts as we come running back to you. We thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus as that true Jonah, that he was willing, Lord, to go to the cross our sins. And though I deserve to be cast into the sea, to be cast into the depths of eternal hell, you forgive and you love me because you see Jesus in me. I'm ever so grateful this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give him some applause this morning? We love you, Lord. I want to thank the families coming and hanging with those dedications and everybody else, man. It's a fantastic day. Go enjoy family. Uh, continue to just keep Christ at the center of your lives, man, and be encouraged. Let's live it out this week. Let's see that foam. We don't want that FOMO. Let's live out that revival. Have a fantastic week, y'all. Jesus. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.